0: We have uh, plenty of time. We have a true um, early service, uh, first part of our service tonight because we did wanna take um, an ample time to walk through some things that we are titling um, a vision service. Now quite honestly, we have not historically done a lot of what we call vision services. We have some, some basic things that we understand are the framework and the focus of the church but we did feel like the place where Campus Church is right now is a place where we do need to contemplate, Lord, what is it that you have, not just for us as a church, but me as a member in particular? So we're going to walk through some things and in, in hopefully some big ways as to, you know, where have we been? How did we originate? Where are we right now? And, and where are we going? So with that in mind, let's start out with a word of prayer, ask the Lord to help us with what we'll cover this evening and pray that it'll be done in a way that all of us can approach and say, wow, that is something that not is, is just including my church, but that is something that includes me as a part of this body of believers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're asking as a church, a called out assembly of believers that we would function as you've intended your body to function with Jesus Christ as our head. So you've encouraged us, Lord, even directed, commanded us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So may we think the thoughts of Jesus Christ. May we not only think them, may we act upon the same. Please bless this service tonight in ways that are consistent with yourself, And this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's begin tonight by by doing a little history of Campus Church and start with how did we begin? Uh, How many of you have been at Campus Church for five years or less? Raise your hand. Five years or less. Wow. Leave your hands up. Leave them up real high. And everybody just kind of look around and see the number of people that are new. How many of you have been here? Let's see. Let's go 10 to 20. 10 to 20. Raise your hand. Okay, and then 20 plus, if you can still raise your hand, wonderful. Okay, so we have quite a smattering of people that are here, but there's a lot of people that are five year or less people tonight at Campus Church. Campus Church began on July 21st, 1974 with the desire of having a place of shared worship for both a college community and a greater community of Pensacola. So we began with this vision. We have a desire to minister to a college community, and we also have a desire, a vision, to, to minister to a greater community. Now, of course, Campus Church began as a local church, but, but just so that we're saying those things that for some are obvious and for some are, are maybe like, no, I'm, I'm somewhat ignorant of that. I don't know how some of those early formations and oversights were given. Campus church began as a local church. I I was part of that church in its earlier stages, although not in 1974. I came to campus church as a student in 1982, and then I joined the pastoral team in 1988. So you say, well, how did it begin? We would say that campus church began as a local church, but under the direction of Pensacola Christian College. PCC then handled the budget, they handled the buildings, and they handled, quite frankly, a lot of the burdens that many local churches would have to handle. And Campus Church functioned under that model of ministry for 42 years. It's quite a while. I think because we functioned under that model of ministry for so long, I think it's been for a lot of people a little bit odd to think of it in some other model of ministry. In other words, we become accustomed to certain things and that's the way it's always been and and I suppose that's the way it is right now. But Campus Church does not function under that model, although it does function with the same mission. So our model is different right now. In 2016, Dr. Shoemaker, the president of Pensacola Christian College, took a bold step of faith and it was exactly that. He sensed the Lord's directing to separate campus church from Pensacola Christian College in its organizational structure. It, It was providing an autonomous local church consistent with a model of church governance that most churches would experience. Now, I was pastoring in Colorado at the time and, and I can remember the, the, the steps that PCC was taking to put Campus Church in a truly autonomous situation. Well, I can remember even as a pastor who has a lot of history with Campus Church, I thought that is a big step of faith. And let me tell you why I think it's a big step of faith because if Campus Church then or its pastor um, for lack of a better term, went rogue okay now you 've got some really difficult challenges ahead with campus church that meets on the campus of Pensacola Christian College and Pcc so boy i 'm thinking lord this is a this is a big step because wow what if what if some you know um, divide happens, and you know what I was trying to do in a sense in my mind, I was trying to Uh, handle the lord's problems for him have you ever done that before have you ever said lord you know let me take care of this and the lord says why don't you let me take care of this so the the steps were taken and campus church um, experienced a new structural organization no longer under the auspices really the protection of the comfort of pensacola christian college From that time, Campus Church has worked to clarify its purpose, its mission, its vision, and its commitment. Now just to be clear, let's walk through what is the organizational structure then of Campus Church. Let's talk through church leadership for just a few moments. Organizationally, our congregation calls a senior pastor. The pastor then is called to shepherd the church and take the oversight thereof. We would would quote 1 Peter 5, 2 and other passages of scripture that give us a biblical pattern for what's that supposed to look like. So the church is, by its new organization, it is pastorally led. It doesn't end there. We also have a pastoral team. We have a pastoral staff. We have a church staff. This is a team that helps advance the work they are hired and fired by the pastor. So the organizational structure is maybe different than some of your churches or maybe consistent with. When again, I I don't have numbers of churches where I've served in the past. My church history personally is I served at Campus Church For 15 years I served at a church called Front Range Baptist Church in Fort Collins, Colorado for 15 years and then we've been back here. Now this summer we'll have completed five years. That's my church history. But our church history in Colorado is such that the church staff, the pastoral staff, church staff, was hired and fired by the pastor. They answered to him. In some churches they are, the church staff is called also by the congregation. We didn't do that model of ministry in Colorado. We don't do it here, but it is some that you may be familiar with. Some may be familiar with a church staff that answers primarily to the pastor. The way that we organize ourselves is the church calls the pastor. Campus church hired me, and quite frankly, campus church can fire me. So I'm hired and fired by the church, and then as the church places a pastor, that pastor then places his team. And then after the church staff and the pastoral staff, we also, Campus Church has 21 deacons. Their primary role is to assist the pastors. They do so in a very distinctly biblical way. First and foremost, by visiting and caring for the widows. Um, Campus Church, we we have a lot of people that are widows indeed. One of the very clear paths to the service of a deacon biblically is in the care of those that would burden a pastoral team with responsibility that the deacons came along and said, hey, we we can help serve in that capacity. So our deacons are actually assigned a whole group of our widows, our widowers, and they help share that visitation, that caring load. And then they help in all kinds of other areas as well, areas primarily of service that help free pastors to preach and to teach. So we have a senior pastor, we have a pastoral staff and and church pastors, and then we also have deacons and then another group that some churches have and some don't, ours does, we have a group of trustees. Campus Church has five trustees and the senior pastor serves as one of those trustees, that group is a group that meets on a scheduled basis and they help oversee the work of the church primarily in two areas. Number one in counsel, number two in accountability. They are those that help with counsel regarding financial matters. They give direction regarding some opening of new ministries a new opportunity. They're a wonderfully unified group that come together for the help of supporting the work of Campus Church. And then they're a group that really helps represent Campus Church for the purpose of accountability, which I think every church needs to have. In fact, every pastor needs to have. So our trustees help primarily in those two areas. They provide insight, counsel, and accountability. In some churches, before we move on to the next section of what we're going to talk about this evening, in some churches, they would be congregationally led or congregationally directed. In other words, the church votes on almost everything. Now, I don't know what your church history is, but you may have come from a church that's like, listen, we vote on everything. So we voted on this, if we're going to, you know, do this to the baptistry, if we're going to do this to the pews, or if we're going to do this with the choir robes, the church voted, and, and that would be a congregationally led church. That's not how campus church is organized. And for a simple point of reference, it's not how the church that I was previously involved in, and, and I suspect maybe some of you would be involved in churches that, that the church didn't vote on everything, but the church did put some key things in place. We're not saying that one way is right and the other way is wrong. But I did think that tonight it would be helpful to at least state that the church, as you know, Campus Church doesn't doesn't vote on, on everything. We do place people in certain positions that help represent the congregational body at Campus Church. So how did we begin? Well, we began in 74. In fact, next year, 2024, July 21st, um um, 2024 we're going to celebrate our 50th year anniversary it's quite remarkable so 50 years of ministry at campus church we'll have a special day in fact we've invited a very special guest speaker already for that day it's going to be a special celebration of 50 years of ministry okay so we've spent a few moments on how did we begin let's go a little bit further and say who are we So who are we as a local body of believers? As a pastoral team, we've worked on answering some of those questions and trying to refine uh, those important questions because there are answers to that. And if we don't know, how are we going to function as who God has called us to be? So first of all, what's our purpose? Our purpose is not something unique to campus church. This is a purpose that I believe is shared by believers and churches Um, since God birthed the local church our purpose is to know God and to make him known that's not unique to us but boy it is important to us who are we what's our purpose well our purpose is to know God I want to know you the power of your resurrection the fellowship of your suffering being conformed to the likeness the person of Jesus Christ Okay, so we know our purpose to know them and make them known. What's our mission as this called out body of believers? Our mission is to live as a family of believers, reflecting Christ and loving others. That's what churches are. We refer to people as brother so-and-so, and and churches have done that since the church was birthed. You say, well, why do we do that? We do that because of the sense of family, a family of local believers assembled together in a church. And we're supposed to be reflecting Christ. How do we reflect Christ? The Bible does not say that people are gonna know that we belong to him by standards. They don't say they're gonna know we belong to him by our building or by our signage, by our dress code. The Bible says that we're going to know that we belong to him by our love one for another. So what's our mission as a church? It is to be that family believers that are reflecting Christ and loving others. What's our vision? What do we want to see us more accurately become? Well, it's reflective of our mission, but it takes us to something that is a bit before us. And that is to accurately represent the unified body of Christ, which is the church, not as consumers, but consumed with Christ. This is an important statement. Our desire, our vision to see what is it that we want to more accurately become, we want to rightly represent that unified body of Christ. Remember, there is no wren, no tear in his garment. And that is the church, not as consumers, but as those who are consumed with Christ. Today, in our culture, in our society, we are trained consumers. In other words, we oftentimes ask, what's in this for me? But the church is supposed to be consumed with Christ. We don't come, oh, I know a church should have something to offer. I'm not trying to take the church off the hook on this statement. But all too often, we become consumed with, what's the church going to do for me? Instead of, Lord, what have you called me to do as part of this body of believers? Well, you know, the church really doesn't do this like I wish it would. I'm going to find a church that will, well, if the Lord's directed you here, we pray that Campus Church has a lot to offer. But if the Lord has called you here We're praying that you will find what is it that God is calling you to offer, that we don't just come as those who consume, let me take in, let me receive, but we are not wrung out. I mean, just squeezed, so to speak, so that we are thirsty in some sense for more. So our vision to accurately represent the unified body of Christ, which is the church, not as consumers, but consumed with Christ. Our commitment, we've mentioned this in the past, we won't belabor this, but these are what we might call our core values, biblical authority, loving abundantly, evangelistic fervency, spiritual vibrancy, and social relevancy. All of those things should be apt descriptors of how it is that the local church, campus church is functioning. Okay, so that's who we are. Let's take another step to where are we? Where is Campus Church right now? We're at the front of 2023, which is almost mind-boggling to even utter. Where are we as a local church? As a pastoral staff, we have been asking this question of ourselves over the past several months. So as we meet and and just talk through, how's the Lord directing us as a church right now? Here's the question that we've been asking. If Campus Church no longer existed, would we be missed in Pensacola? I think it's a weighty question. I I think there are a lot of places where Campus Church would be missed. We'll, We'll get to that in just a little bit, but. But more specifically, as we drill down and get really personal, because we we exist, our address. If you sent something to Campus Church, you would put it at 250 Brent Lane, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. That's that's where we're located, in the heart of, uh, you know, what we might call Greater Pensacola. This this area of of geography where campus church exists. So if campus church was no more, would we be missed in Pensacola? Again, we'll talk through, I, I think we would be missed in some profound ways in other places, but how about we begin with our own Jerusalem? If you have a Bible handy, I'll put these passages on the screen, but Acts chapter nine, we're gonna begin in verse number 36. Listen to what the Bible records. Now there was at Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which, is by, which, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was, was nigh to Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Okay, so, so what's the scenario that's taking place? Well, there is this, this member of the body. Her name is Tabitha. Um, sometimes we know her by Dorcas, but Tabitha is ill, she's sickly, um, she's not doing well, and, and eventually she cuss, succumbs to her illness. Uh, Tabitha dies. And, and when the, the people of Joppa realize that Tabitha is gone, they start to think, what is life going to be like without her here? It's what we always ask when someone passes. We struggle processing what is life going to be like without this person present you know as a church I mentioned this morning we've experienced some of those sudden like untimely losses and it's hard for us to process how can we process and even think about tomorrow without this person present that's exactly what was happening here and and so so the apostle Peter he's close to Joppa Uh, just recently in fact the last day of our trip in Israel Julie and I were in Joppa we we were at the place where they say this is where Simon the Tanner's house was Uh, the apostle Peter spent a lot of time there he he ministers in Joppa so so here we are we're we're in Joppa and I'm thinking about like oh wow this is where Tabitha was this is where Tabitha died and this is where a port city a city that 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 is, you know, it's man. There's people traveling in and out of this city. It's an active place. This is a place where people in Joppa said life will not be the same without her here. Some big loss has taken place in Joppa because Tabitha is no longer here. I wonder if if Pensacola, you know heard the news that campus church has shut down its doors it's no longer gonna gonna function i wonder if pensacola would say oh oh, wait just a minute whoa hey hang on a minute now campus church is involved in this and there are people now when i say campus church i'm not just talking about sending a check to the alpha center uh, sending a check to, to places where like, oh, hey, they need this and they need this and they need this. I, I'm talking about the people of Campus Church, like the people that are, that are doing the work and, and not just like, hey, we did an, we did an offering for waterfront rescue mission. Um, hey, we, we sent some funds to uh, uh, this little light ministry. I'm not talking about just sending some funds. They would miss those funds, but I'm talking about like, oh, no, those people came and they helped actually shoulder the load. They ministered to people. They were touching lives. They were invested in the work of. So if Campus Church was not here, listen when Tabitha was gone it was a profound loss like this is going to leave a void in Joppa that we're having a hard time processing listen I don't know if you can do anything but go get the apostle Peter I don't know what he can do but uh, somebody quickly go get the apostle Peter now listen this is after they've washed her body they've prepared her body they lay her in an upper room. This isn't like, hey, she died. Uh, Peter's in the next room. Get, get him up here. No, no, no. She's, she's died. Time has elapsed. This is a woman that was full of good works. They couldn't imagine Joppa without her. It's consistent with the life of Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, a verse that we're not unfamiliar with, we've looked at recently, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus of Nazareth, he goes about doing good. This again, it's not just forwarding on provision, although sometimes that's very important, it is becoming the provision i am the resource i am answering the need such was the case with tabitha well while the bible doesn't record that the people of joppa requested a miracle they did obviously send for the apostle peter And why are they doing this? I believe because Tabitha was someone that was important to the people of Joppa and her absence would leave a deep void. So notice the evidence of her work, what what she's involved in. Acts chapter 9 verse 39, then Peter arose and went with them when he was come, they brought him into an upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats, the garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. I mean, here he's walking up to go to her room and they're saying, look at what she did. She did this, she did this, she did this. And person after person after person is giving evidence to the fact this lady was involved in ministering to our lives. Each of us are called to bear the light of Jesus Christ wherever we go. We all know that it would have been far better to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. It's far better. But we also know that, that God, for some reason, was allowing Joppa to know what would life be like without Tabitha. Isn't that interesting? That for whatever reason, God wanted this this little city, this port city, to pause and think for just a minute, what would life be like if Tabitha wasn't here? We don't like that thought. And, And God now is actually going to return Tabitha to the work of the ministry. Now, we also know at some point Tabitha is going to go on, and we also know this. We also know that God doesn't need any one of us. God is God. He is not enriched by your service, nor is he impoverished by your lack of the same. But we also know that God has called all of us to be followers of Jesus and to serve him. So Tabitha is going to die. Someone else is going to, at some point, someone else is going to fill her shoes, so to speak. But, But for now, God let them know what would life be like in Joppa without Tabitha. Then Peter arose, verse 39, then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into an upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while they were with him. What does he do? Well, he goes and he actually is about to raise her from the dead. Remember now, this is a a body that needs to be resurrected. Who are we? In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, the Bible says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We said this already. We said he is our head. We are his body. Every person at Campus Church is needed somewhere in one of our communities, our close community, our college community, our continuing commu- uh, community, and our comprehensive community. We'll talk more about those in just a moment. This means that there is a job for all of us to do. There may be ministry that's not yet been birthed, and God is inviting you to begin it. You don't know, over the course of now, a lot of years of ministry, I've had so many people come to me and say, Pastor, we need to do this ministry. And I'll say, hey, great, when do you want to start? Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not the person, but we need this ministry. Do you know, it may be that God is, is burdening your heart for some aspect of ministry that God is asking you, you to take on. Do you know, you'll have a burden for that ministry like no one else will have. You'll share that burden. Some may even catch a glimpse of your burden, but that burden will be maybe first and foremost heavily on you as you invite others to share a piece of that burden that God's placed on your heart. It could be a Bible study with your neighbors. It might be a missionary that needs your emails. It could be a child that needs you to listen to their verses or a person living at a retirement center that needs your touch, your interest, your care. It may be a choir that needs your voice, a child in the nursery that needs your arms, a widow's lawn that needs your rake or an empty chair that needs your presence. It may be a scared and a pregnant young lady that needs your counsel at the Safe Harbor Pregnancy Medical Center. It may be a young man who doesn't have a dad that may need you to teach him how to throw a baseball. It may be a homeless person that needs to know what is it like to live as a follower of Jesus Christ. When you and I begin to serve in each of our communities and do what God has called us to do, there would certainly be a void if we were no longer there. Such was the case with Tabitha. Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse number 40. And Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. Turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes when she saw Peter and sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. Why? Well, because they thought for a few moments, what's life going to be like without Tabitha the end result of the miracle is many believed in the Lord but what precipitated this Tabitha's good testimony coupled by her good works testimony yes good testimony and good works our challenge is to make our good witness come to life by our good works you know, I think Campus Church does, its members in particular. I think for the most part, we have a, a, a good witness. We have to couple that now with our good works. So let's take a look at what we've been doing by way of our good works and our good witness. So what have we been doing? Remember I mentioned these different communities that we're called to minister to. The first one I mentioned is our close community. Our close community. Let me give some examples of this. I know we'll, we'll have some things come up here in just a moment, but our close community. By that, I mean primarily who is Campus Church, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm not trying to, to separate this group. I'll include them in just a moment, and I know there would be several that are in here, but, but this is that group that would be primarily our non-college students, those who are here all year long, and you're gonna be here for more than four years. You are part of the fabric of the work and the ministry, the life of Campus Church. Our close community, what does that look like? What are some of the things that we're involved in in our close community? Well, things like children's ministry, Youth, I'm going to go through these fast because there's a lot of things that we have yet to cover, but youth ministry, senior saints ministry, our women to women ministry, that's fellowships, in-home Bible studies, retreats, luncheons. Our Conquer series, helping men navigate the moral challenges of our day. Our Bible study groups, working to make a big church smaller. Our church fellowships, those would be things like kids cookie fellowships, pop and popcorn, ice cream social, family day picnic, dinner for eight, and that list could go on and on. These are some of those things that we're involved in that have to do with our, our close community. They're important things, D- don't get me wrong. All of these things that I mentioned, man, these are some of the things that are almost some of those, well, yeah, churches do all those things, right? We as a church have actually been learning like, hey, we, we've missed some of these things or we need to include some of these things or start some of these things. But this is, this is what we're doing in many ways in our close community. Now, all of this is, is beyond those essentials of church where we gather for worship and the preaching and teaching of the word. But these are some of those close community kinds of involvements. Let's go a little bit further beyond that and, and let's talk about another really important aspect of ministry and that is our college community. We have a close community, let's talk about our college community. Now to be honest with you, we have been, I think, rather weak here. We're trying to be creative with ways to engage in what should be a primary focus of ministry for Campus Church. Our college community is is pretty unique. If you stop and think for just a moment, there are churches all across America that are trying to get on college campuses for the purpose of ministry. And where does the Lord have campus church on the campus of a college for the purpose of ministry? Um, You know, don't don't take for granted. We we shouldn't take for granted. The fact that we have a wonderful opportunity to literally influence the world and this coming generation. At times we... um, How many of you are college students in here? Raise your hand. Okay, if you guys would put your hands down and just don't listen for a moment, okay? So no listening involved. If you listen, you're being disobedient. Okay, so... Um, how many of you have ever been frustrated with a college student at campus church before? Now, remember, the college students aren't listening. It's just the rest of you. How many of you have ever been frustrated with a college student in campus church? Just raise your hand. Oh, some of them went up really quickly. Like, okay. How many of you are frustrated, right? No, 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 no. Don't raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Um, why do we at times get frustrated? Well, sometimes they're, they're not listening in church. Okay. Okay. Uh, sometimes they're on their phone. Oh, Okay. Sometimes they are talking. Probably. I've seen a few sleep. So have I. Okay, so, so when we start talking about that, well, that's a little frustrating to me because this is, this is church. Ouch. Okay, so this is church and we don't want to have that. In, well, I get all of that. But do you know, a while ago, we talked about church that, that we did a series called Messy Church. Messy Church church does the work of the ministry is sometimes it's messy I I wish you could read I wish it'd be a it's it's, we're not going to do this but it wouldn't even be appropriate to share publicly but I wish you could read the the volume of notes that I receive from college students how the Lord is using campus church in their lives the the volume of responses that I get it was so it was rather touching i got more uh, december graduate notes this year those who are coming to the conclusion of their their college careers just writing to say thank you to campus church you said well well you know some of those kids i i know but church gets messy it is one of those communities that Campus Church should not be negligent of. I mean, if, if we really want to influence the world for Christ, one of the, the, the taglines for Pensacola Christian College, if we want to influence, let our light shine, wow, wouldn't college students be one of those first areas of attention because God's bringing them to us? Sometimes we get like, oh, I can't wait till summer when it's just the church. No, 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 really, the church is whoever the Lord is assembling to, to gather and worship him. Listen, I'm, I'm serious about this. I, I do cherish every season that God gives us a campus church. I, I cherish these times. There are things that we can talk about, and I can talk in ways that aren't going to get memed through through. Um, through social media. I I cherish sometimes when it's just like, oh, this is, we can do things right now that we can't do otherwise. But I will also say I cherish the times when the Lord fills this place with potential. May, May at Campus Church we never forget, certainly our close community, but may we never forget and have increased vision for our college community. What are some of the things we're doing? Well, things like campus church Bible study groups. You know, Sunday school now, we, we called it Sunday school. Our Bible study groups now, are, it's all under the direction of campus church for college students. Things like wedding seminar, edge mentorships, internships, midterm manna. We, we've done some fellowships after church with college students. We're going to talk about some things that we believe the Lord's directing us to do that we need you to be involved in or it'll never happen. It won't work. We're going to need Campus Church, that closed community, to extend ministry to that college community, and we're going to do so really soon. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. That's our college community. We also have a continuing community, a continuing community. That's what I would look at as our greater Pensacola area. We have had some some growing involvement in our continuing community. For example, we do things like Monthly Connect, we do weekly door-to-door, men's stakeout, women-to-women outreach, coastal kickoff, vacation Bible school, food truck festival, Prison Ministry, Firecracker 5K, Ronald McDonald House, Christmas Lights drive Through and Food Drive, Waterfront Rescue Mission, First Responder Sunday, um, Financial and Labor Support for a local Grace Bible Baptist Church. These are some of the things that we've been involved in and are helping to advance through the work of Campus Church in our continuing community. These are just things we've been involved in. We'll get to some things as, as to where we're going shortly. Let's go a little bit further and let's talk about our comprehensive community. So we've talked about that close community. We've talked about the college community. We've talked about our continuing community, kind of like our own Jerusalem. But then we go out into the the Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts. That is what we're calling our comprehensive community. Okay, what does that look like? Well, these are just a few things that that we're going to mention now. But there's some more recent things like Bible translation for Uganda... Bible printing and distribution in United Kingdom and Brazil. Bible colleges actually constructed in India and Myanmar. A cemetery outreach in the Philippines. Deaf ministry center in India. Children's home in Honduras. Relief efforts in Ukraine and Myanmar. Um, Natural disaster relief in Kentucky and Florida. Church and training facility in Papua New Guinea, Uganda, Ivory Coast, Eastern Europe. Medical clinic in Honduras and uh, and soon in Papua New Guinea. Uh, Soon we'll be building a Bible training center in Ethiopia. That that list could go on and on and on, but those are some of the communities that we're currently, that's where we're at, things we're doing right now. I think if campus church no longer existed, oh, there would be some, ouch, that hurts. One of the other things that, that we didn't list in here, but let me mention it because we're primarily with our close community right now. It is the ministry of rejoice in the Lord. That, that wouldn't happen without the ministry of Campus Church. How many of you have ever had a camera in your way that, that was a little, fr- don't raise your hand, but have you ever had that? How many of you have ever had it like, not just in your way, but it was on your face and that was even more troubling, okay? I know that at times you can say, oh, I, I, why do we have to, listen again, We have to think beyond our own consumer ideas and say, Lord, is this a ministry of Campus Church that is being used beyond us? It's being used so far beyond us. It's not the most important thing that Campus Church does. What we do together as a called out assembly is, but if the Lord can use what we're doing together in this called out assembly to advance work beyond this place in the comprehensive community, then praise be to God. So let's, let's continue to, to switch gears just a little bit and let's ask the question, really our last question, and that is where are we going? Where are we going? You know, when we start to think again about those communities, these are some things that are available for us right now. I mean, this is, this is us right now. Um, we have people, this is an easy one. We've done this kind of ministry for years, but it seems like the, the open door for this is just exploding. For example, assisted living ministry to care for the elderly among us. We have have places contacting us right now for ministry desire. Like, would you come and do these services, participate in this? We're currently leading two of those just as as part of Campus Church. We, We need people that would be involved and say, hey, I have a burden for our elderly and those who need special care. Healing Hearts Ministry... These, by the way, would have impact like our close, our college, and our continuing communities. Healing Hearts Ministry is a place where we've actually seen lost people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because we offered something to help them with grief through loss. It's just, in a sense, one of those early birth ministries. Uh, tonight, I know that Joanna's here. Joanna leads a ministry that God has burdened her heart with that's called This Little Light Ministry Center. It's a ministry that, that primarily addresses needs for single moms, and it also is addressing needs for the homeless people who are searching for answers. Some of you right now could say, I could volunteer to be a part of this Little Light Ministry Center. She's caring for people who, have, who are single moms, who have children that they can't work unless they have someone that will help care for them. She has a... a, a a beautifully bright little ministry center where when you walk in, you immediately feel like this is a place where children would love to be. What does she need? She said, well, well, she probably needs money. Yes, she does. Probably needs finances. That's true. But, but you know, more than a person or Maybe we should say, along with a person writing a check and saying, hey, I want to help with that work and that ministry, with your step of faith. Um, I also want to help just come and love on children, uh, be an adult presence. I could volunteer from from, uh, three to five on Thursday afternoons or whenever and say, hey, listen, I'm I'm, I'm coming to, tell me what this is like, and I'm going to start praying about if this was something the Lord would have for me. These are some of those like, wow, if you got involved in that ministry and then, and then for whatever reason the Lord called you home, there would be a big void left because someone was touching lives in Pensacola. Um, l- l- let me mention some that now we're, we're going to continue to invite people to be a part of. We're going to begin something called Life Share Groups. This is something new and it's gonna begin February 8th. It will touch our close and our college communities. You say, well, what is a life share group? A life share group is a discipleship group and they're gonna meet on Wednesday nights during the Wednesday night service. So if you volunteer to lead one of our life share groups, you'll probably have five to 10 people in your life share group. We're gonna begin by, by, by I don't know if hosting is the right word, but we're going to begin with 20 life share groups. That's our desire to have 20 mentors, people who will take five to 10 other people on Wednesday night and walk them through, hey, what are the foundational aspects of the Christian life? What does it look like? So many in here, you have been saved for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years plus, you get what it looks like to do the Christian life. But let me tell you, we live in a post-Christian culture and in a society that doesn't know what does the Christian life look like. What are some of the foundational basics? After salvation, where do I go from here? What does this look like for me? So we're going to host, we're going to begin Life share groups. It's going to be 10 weeks through the course of this semester. Next Sunday, you're actually going to be able to, to, to start with, hey, hey, this is something that I'm interested in. Pastor Burdick is our pastor. In fact, Pastor Burdick's right here. So it's a small group in here. Pastor Burdick, just stand because I want to make sure everybody knows who is pa- I've heard his name before, but okay, this is Pastor Burdick. Pastor Burdick is helping organize, structure, direct, and run our life share groups. He's the guy that's actually already been enlisting people for the, 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 the mentor, the disciple, or aspect of this ministry. You say well well if I sign up do I get to do it not necessarily So Pastor Burdick is the guy that's going to work through uh, putting people in the right place at the right time for the right purpose thanks Pastor Burdick but he's the guy that really is going to oversee this he's someone that is helping advance the work of these life share groups it's something that that we're going to need people to in a sense kind of get messy with, with five to 10, I think it's going to be largely college student um, participants. Um, and, and you say, well, some of them, they're just doing it because they didn't want to go to the Wednesday night service. That, that might be true, but I don't think that's going to be the case for most of them. And if that is the case, my prayer is that their mentor, their discipler will so invest in their lives that they'll turn them from a poor motive to a great conclusion through the course of 10 weeks. So life share groups, that's something that we're beginning and it's something that we're inviting Campus Church. Those are going to begin on February 8th and they're going to run for 10 weeks. Another new opportunity for us is called Kids Hope. Kids Hope. Now Pastor Stevens is not here, he's over with our Master Clubs kids, but he's the guy that's going to be reaching out and kind of knocking on your door for Kids Hope. Kids Hope is a wonderful program that is going to pair buddies, uh, mentors, with students in a local elementary school. It's going to be one school. One school will be ours as the campus church school. We're going to, you know, we'll start with one school, and then you will have one student for one hour, one time a week at that one school. We're asking for an hour a week where you can have life on life opportunities with a school or with a student that needs to have someone help them academically, help them socially. They need some interaction with an adult. This is a program that we did in Colorado. And you know, while we can't share the gospel with that student in the school setting, What we could do is invite those students and their families to our church location and then just broadcast the gospel. We saw such a positive response from going and touching the lives of students. So this is something that we're working on right now. In the next couple months, the Kids Hope representative will be reaching out to one of our local elementary schools. This is a program we desire to begin in the fall of this coming year. I pray that several of you will say, hey, I'm at an age and stage of life. You might be retired and say, you know, I have some time. I have some some ability. Um, You may have some time in your day where you say, I could structure my day that I could be involved in Kids Hope. You'll hear more about that in the days to come. This is just something for Campus Church. It's not something that all of us get to be involved in, but I want you to know it's one of those involvements in our our, um, ongoing community. We now have in, on our pastoral team, uh, one of our pastors who is also the, the chaplain, one of the chaplains for the Pensacola Police Department, and that's Pastor Ken Wynn. Um, when we were working on our, our uh, special day where we were honoring our local heroes, our first responders, Pastor Wynn started to connect with the, the leadership team at the Pensacola Police Department. Pastor Wynne's now gone through all the training. He is now one of a select group of people that functions as chaplain. He was just telling us at lunch today that he made one of his response calls as a chaplain, and it was for one of the policemen and his girlfriend. She was at the dentist, and they applied the wrong, um, um, she got the wrong medicine. Her heart actually stopped beating at the dentist. So she was rushed, of course, to the hospital, and Pastor Wynne, was called as the police chaplain to go minister to this man and this woman. He said, I I got to go. He said, the way that that whole visit worked out, the gratitude that just overflowed from this police officer and his girlfriend, he said, the gratitude, they just couldn't stop thanking me. He said, I'm walking out after having made that visit saying, Lord, this this is what it's all about. You know, he, he's representing us as one of our pastors, as a police chaplain here in Pensacola. Uh, we have opportunity for military ministry. We've already explored the uh, potential. We've met with the leadership on the, NA, uh, on the base of NAS Pensacola, met with the base commander. It's a new door of opportunity that we need people to say, ah, the Lord's burdened me for military. I'd like to be a part of that kind of ministry. and and opportunity through Campus Church. We have one more thing that I wanna talk about and then I'm I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, On February 19th, we're gonna do something else that is really focused, to be quite honest with you, on our college community uh, to help even engage us as part of the close community. Uh, A few months ago, Julie and I had lunch with the the, um, officers of the Pensacola Christian College student body. The student body officers of PCC. So we had lunch with them and we're just asking them questions about their perceptions of campus church and I think by and large they shared a lot of positive things and and gratitude but we floated a couple ideas with them and I said hey what do you think about um, I don't know inviting college students to go over to people's homes after a service on Sunday night and I don't know have pizza and games. When I said that every one of them lit up like that would be so cool like, I'm like, yeah, we would just go have pizza and play games. Like, yeah, 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 that would be great. I mean, just, you know, playing games like in a people. Yeah, 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 that would be great. Yeah. Do you know what they thought? Like, wow, to interact with people at Campus Church? Okay, how many of you have ever felt like you, you gotta time how you get out of a service? Because if you get caught in the tsunami, you know, you're just gonna be carried along. And because they're, they're, have you ever felt that way before? Like, well, hold on, dear, I'll see you in the parking line. You just carry it off, okay? Okay, because, because there's this whole wave of people that, man, they're, they're heading out and you better hang on, you know, and, and you hold on to mommy, you know, and so, you know, might never see your child again. So anyways, we, we understand that, that that can be challenging. Why is that? Well, quite honestly, it's because they got stuff to do. I mean, they're going to go, they're going to do this, that, and the other. But you know, if you gave them something else to do, like, hey, we want you to come over to our house tonight. Yeah, we're going to have pizza, we're going to play, I don't know, we're going to play a game. Listen, here's what we're going to invite. I don't know how many college students are going to participate, but we want you to have four college kids in your home. You say, oh, I'm, a, I'm a single guy. Okay, have, have four single guys in your home, okay? I'm a single girl. okay. You have four single guys. No, 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 no don't do that. Have, have four single girls. Uh, we're, we're, we got a lot of kids. Okay, great. Have four more kids. You won't even notice they're there, okay? <laughs> Listen, Campus Church, here's the worst scenario to me possible. Worst scenario possible is that we've, we float this to the college kids and we have more college kids than Campus Church homes. I'm asking you to sign up to have four college kids in your home. The date for this is gonna be February 19th. We're, that's the night we're going to do this, February 19th. So look at your calendar. Next week, you'll be able to sign up, start signing up. We'll send out stuff on Realm. You say, I'm not on Realm, we'll get on Realm. You say, well, I'm, I'm, I have a conviction. Okay, send us an email. And uh, we'll get you connected. But I'm asking Campus Church to sign up to host college we're gonna We're going to sign up college kids. They can sign up one. Like, I don't have anybody to come with, but I want to go. Okay. They can sign up two. Me and my friend want to come. They can sign up three. So three and somebody will add. Well, they can sign up for four. But it's just going to be four college kids in your home on February 19th after the evening service. A couple hours in your home. Pizza. Like, well, what if I don't like pizza? Make something else, Okay. But make it good, as good as pizza, all right? And, uh, and play some games. I'm going to ask the college kids to take pictures of them in your home with you, and, and we'll post them and, and let people, you know, look at them, search them, and see it. But why are we doing so? You say, well, are we, should we have a devotional? No, they're coming from church, okay? <laughs> so don't have a devotional. You say, well, well, what's the spiritual? You know what the spiritual benefit is? That it communicates we are one body. So I'm asking you to sign up for family game night. Okay, because we're talking about where we're going. This is where we, we, where we want to go, okay? We're talking right now. We haven't come up with a plan for this. We're, we're talking about how could we even involve some, some, provide some aspects for even shared opportunity for ministry through Bible study groups. All of this is going to be messy. It's not going to be easy. Some of it's going to work. Some of it won't. Maybe this family game night won't work. But we've never tried it before. Maybe it will lead to something that will work. And then we'll, we'll do that again. Or maybe this will work perfectly. We, we don't know. But we're going to try. Why? Because, because we are the church. And if Campus Church didn't exist, I, I would... I would pray that there would be such a sense of loss in every one of our communities, not not just our close community. Oh, I love Campus Church, amen. Well, I have to go to Campus Church. My prayer is that through the course of seeing ourselves as consumed with Christ and called and directed by him, that we would also see, Lord, this is where you have me, so how can I serve you through this local body? Through our continuing community, Like in Pensacola, oh, wow, the the campus church is not here. Ouch. The campus church did this. They were involved in this. They touched our lives through this. And then in in that that greater community, that community that is so far beyond us, may, may campus church involve ourselves as the body of Christ in ways that are profoundly impactful. You say, how can I help us get there? Find your place to serve. Find your place to serve. I I don't know that anyone should bemoan the challenges of campus church if they're not already first serving. Find a place to serve. You say, well, there's no place to serve on Sunday. There probably actually is, but I'm not so certain that Sunday is the day that God's really calling you to serve. You know, I used to sing at my church, and I can't sing here. Okay, okay. We probably can, but is is Sunday the really the really the place where God's calling you to serve? He may actually be calling you to serve on Tuesday, or on Saturday, or on Thursday, or on Monday. Find a place to serve. Um, next, sign up on Realm for Campus Church Cares. Sign up on Realm for Campus Church Cares. If you go to Campus Church, if you go to Realm. Sign up in Campus Church Cares. It's going to show you different areas where like, oh, you know what? That's a good fit for me. And I, I could be available to do this. Or this is an area where I like to help. When we have people call in and say, hey, we have these needs. Uh, for someone who needs a ride, I, th- they need a ride. You know, I know, I know Sunday mornings are, are like, oh, my Sunday mornings are so full. Really, c- could you adjust, modify your Sunday morning by 15 minutes so you could provide a ride for someone to church? How sad if we can't get someone to church who wants to be there. Sign up on Campus Church Cares. Uh, Look for an area of ministry that may be unique to you. And then be prepared to take that on with a burden that maybe others will not share. Sign up. Look for an area. What ministry might be unique to me, but God, you've really called me to this aspect of ministry. Speak with one of our pastors regarding areas of service. Hey, listen, uh, you're involved in an area, or help me know what area. These are my interests. Is there a way that I can serve through Campus Church that you might be aware of? And then love the people of God and those who need to come to God more than you love serving. I say that because sometimes we, we get so connected to our area of service that the area of service becomes more important than the people we're serving. So don't ever become more connected to your love of serving and your area of serving than the reason for which that area was actually birthed. I believe 2023 is going to be an exciting year for Campus Church. May we look back on it should the Lord tarry and see that he has done exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think.